Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children, all ages, you're listening to Reaching Out with R.A. Crate and Camo. All right, so this week, I'm going to turn it straight over to Camo to introduce this topic. And we are, we've been talking beforehand, and it's already feeling like an action-packed show. We're going to need tissues, we're going to need some chocolate, whatever you may need to (laughs) cheer you up. But here's Camo going to describe what today's show is. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about depression and sadness. What makes you sad? Which is something that we could all definitely relate to. We've had uh, sadness in our lives. We've all gone through some sort of depression at some point. And um, that's what we're going to be talking about. And hopefully, by the end, this will help somebody. Hopefully. All right, so with you wanting to talk about sadness, Mm. why this week? Why this topic? What's going on? Well, we're getting rid of all the uh, the negative emotions first. So we started off with fear and then anger and then doubt and apathy and boredom. Now we're on sadness and depression. And next week we'll end strong with joy. But before we can have joy, we got to get through the sad parts. So is sadness and depression the same thing? You could be sad, but not depressed. But isn't sadness just a feeling in your head? That makes you feel all mopey. I, I, I suppose. I mean, there's different degrees of sadness. Though. I mean, you can be sad. <laughs> I don't know. Looking at a picture of a puppy out in the rain. That's not the same kind of sadness that you get when you get bad news of a loved one passing away or something like that. I mean. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, truth be told, I'm I'm of the impression that feelings don't matter. And I consider sadness is a feeling. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are going to give me grief for that. But when you can't be happy all the time. Right. I mean, even if you look at Jesus, he got pissed off and turned over some tables in the, the temple because they were changing or making his church into a money-making Ponzi scheme. Right. So how we're going to get down. But I mean, we're talking about sadness and depression. What's a big... What's the big difference? Because, and that's why I say sadness is a feeling and it doesn't matter. But whereas depression is something wrong with you. And if you look at it, the condition or the dictionary definition of sadness, the condition or quality of being sad, that doesn't say a lot. Depression feels like sadness that that won't go away. You know, It, it just clings to you. And I think it's just, well, like you said, it's a feeling, but it could be like unresolved feelings from your past that you just can't shake loose. Yeah. Well, I mean, according to Healthline from an article in 2016, it's saying sadness is a human emotion that all people feel at certain times during their lives, whereas depression is a long-term mental illness. So where's the dividing line when you allow somebody to say, hey, I'm mentally screwed up compared to I'm just feeling a little under the weather or down or whatever honestly i i don't know i I mean i don't know i mean i could say that i'm depressed but i i haven't been diagnosed with depression so what whatever i go through someone asks me what's going on i I don't say that i'm depressed i just say i'm having a low day that's all you know i mean i'll be down about whatever I'll, i'll get my 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 thoughts will get to me and just some stuff that's happened in the past, and it, it just comes up in my head, and I let it get to me, and I'll just be down all day. 
I won't want to talk to anybody. And to be honest, I mean, I've only told a couple of people this, but the I'll be so down that I'll want to take it out on something. Not on myself, not on my family or anything, but I get the idea in my head that if I just destroy all my art, like throw my portfolio in a fire and run a sledgehammer through the middle of my paintings. For some reason in my head, it just makes me feel like I'll <laughs> feel better at the end of it. But I can almost guarantee it's going to make you feel worse because you don't feel like that's what's funny. You don't feel like it's attacking anybody, but you're attacking yourself. You're attacking your passions. You're attacking something you care about and you're destroying yourself. I know. And that's the that's the funny thing about mental illnesses. It attacks you the hardest. Mm -hmm. It's nobody else can look inside your head and see what's going on. I mean, somebody could emotionally look at you and be like, "Hey, you just look like you're pissed off and ready to attack." Yeah. But unless you're ready to talk, it's, nothing's going to happen. That's that's the thing too. I I don't want to talk to anybody whenever I'm down like that and. I mean, as much as I think about like destroying all my paintings and drawings and everything, I I get so close to wanting to do it and then I don't. Actually, <laughs> some of my best art comes from these feelings. And I just use that emotion to either draw or paint or whatever. And um But it, do you feel like you have to get in that deep emotional wasteland to produce good art? It shouldn't have to be. No, I'm saying, do you? Do I feel like? Yeah, I mean... I have to be in... I know a world. lot of people that's going to hear this will not know your style like me. Yeah. I mean, I've seen it over the years, and that's why I'm saying, do you, Camo Art, mm. feel like you have to get in that spot to produce good? No. No, I don't, I don't think I have to. It, it just comes up like that sometimes. Sometimes I'll just be, like, super inspired, and that produces good art, too. But a lot of my good stuff does come from some sort of emotion or whatever I'm going through at the time. Like like the 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 Minotaur, the four page Minotaur piece I did, that was just out of one bad shift at work. Well, and also what became the artificial smiles came from where you had drawn somebody that had a piece of duct tape over their mouth with a smile painted on it. Right. It's all bruised up and bloody nose and everything. And he's got a piece of duct tape over his mouth with a smile drawn on it. Um, pretty much just saying, just shut up, put a smile on, work through it. It's pretty much what that one was about. <laughs> so where do you go with the, I mean, where do you go with the sadness after that? I mean, yeah, it plays into some worthwhile art that maybe somebody's going to like, but I mean, Really, some of the risk factors, inability to cope, low low self-esteem, we come by it. I mean, I guess I come by it kind of naturally. If it's one guy, that's my dad, until DNA had tested and he beat the crap out of my mom. Yeah. You know, it runs in my family, but it's literally almost cost me everything because I was depressed and suicidal. Yeah. I can still remember to this day, and I talk about it a lot more now because I want to make other people aware of it. When I was sitting in church, I know the same row, 
and now now that I'm on medication mm-hmm. and I'm I'm in the same boat I'm not diagnosed as depressed but I can tell the difference my wife even says I'm less of a dick <laughs> but you know yeah I was sitting in the row and nobody knew it I was just bawling my eyes out for a solid hour and everybody walked by and nobody cared enough to stop they just walked by well that's what it seems like now the more I talk to people, like I had another meeting today and he felt the same way. We turns out a lot of my conversations go back to depression just because I feel like that's a relevant piece of my life now. Yeah. But people in a depressed state feel like nobody else cares. Yeah. And that's not always the truth. I don't like to talk to people about, I guess, being depressed or something because you got that it just feels like if you tell someone you're depressed you're either crazy or you're feeling suicidal you had that but depression there's different kinds of depression and not everybody who's depressed is suicidal i mean there's there's different kinds i saw like a whole list of different ones but it's just what people jump to and people want to separate themselves from that kind of negativity. So I don't, I try not to bother people with it. I'm not suicidal and or anything like that. And I don't lash out and hurt people because I'm feeling this way. It's just, I mean, I, I do have the thoughts of destroying my artwork, but that's about as far as it goes, you know, or I'll just stay quiet about it. And that's not healthy either. Just letting it all build up inside. Going in the show, I mean, I've said it three or four times, like I'm huge into words mm-hmm. and sitting here, listen to you and you just go, but I don't, I don't do anything about it. I don't destroy. But I mean, listening, if you rewind the show and go back, you're literally destroying yourself. I mean, you're, whether we like to admit it or not, we're hurting our kids. We're hurting our wives. We're hurting our jobs. I mean, even though I had a boss say, well, I knew you were depressed, but you were working through it. So I just let it go. Yeah. Instead of taking the time to let me go to a shrink or a psychiatrist, he was like, my job's more important than you. Which brings us back to apathy. Yeah. I got you. But I mean, this is, you talked about different types of depression. This is a different type of apathy. I mean, most time when people think apathy, it's towards a passion or towards something that they want to do this is hurting towards yourself this is depression that only you know about that nobody else can help so now you're going sinking down deeper into the hole Mm -hmm. because you don't care enough about yourself which is still pride to destroy yourself and i'm i'm talking about this and i say you but really, I'm pointing the finger at me because this is like everything that I've been through. Yeah. I mean, it's not a pretty picture. It it led to some of the darkest times. I mean, most of my 20s now looking back were probably, well, late 20s, early 30s was not the best time in my headspace. Yeah. And it started getting bad once I was laid off from work. And that's, you know, do you think, how much do you think events? Because like I just said, like, I can, I know when I got laid off, mm-hmm. it was 2008, that impacted me severely. How much do you think events play into it? 
events. Yeah, like loss of a child or loss of a grandpa, you know. Loss of anybody really is going to be hard. Um, I mean, also, I mean, you could lose a family member. And I know a lot of families um, are closer than others. But, uh, I mean, I, I grew up going over to my grandpa's house and seeing him and my grandma a lot as a kid. And I spent a lot of time with them. And even after my grandma passed away, I would still go up and see him and hang out with him and uh, every now and then. But toward toward the end of his life, uh, I just, I guess, drifted further. And I only saw him two more times once he was really sick and then he ended up passing away. Um, so, I mean, I was in the same room as my grandma when she passed away and I didn't cry at all. Um, I mean, also I was, I was a teenager at the time too. So I, I didn't really know what to think, but my grandma was like my best friend growing up. Remember she picked me up from school and she would take me to Burger King or take me to a movie. We used to play baseball together and stuff like that. And, and she she got Alzheimer's early on. I think she was maybe in her 50s when she got it. Yeah. Yeah, early, man. And she ended up, like, losing more and more of her memory. She got to the point where she couldn't talk, um, walk. She couldn't feed herself and stuff like that. And I loved her with all my heart, but, and she was still my grandma. I hate saying it like this because I sound like a jerk, but at the end, she wasn't the same grandma that I grew up knowing as a child. Almost as if you had already made peace with it. I guess. Like uh, you knew by her dying, she was in a better place. She regained her memories. Yes. Stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And after that, I would have dreams about her when, and, and she would be talking just fine as if she never had Alzheimer's at all. We had these little conversations in my dreams and she was all better. And, um, I didn't cry then. I didn't cry at the funeral, but over time I get to thinking about it. Then I just break down and cry. But my grandpa, he, he was strong throughout that whole time and even even when he got sick and he he looked frail but he was still wanting to be independent and wanting to do his own thing and and uh he he passed away and i don't know i broke down as soon as i as soon as i heard it that he passed i started crying right then i don't know man different people different reactions i guess well i mean could you were you in the were you in the exact same headspace when both of them died? Or was no. there a difference of whether it be time or just personal growth as a person, where your was your thinking pattern different? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I was still in high school whenever my grandma passed and my grandpa just passed two years ago. So there's like a 15 year difference. Yeah. So I've, I've done some growing up since then. Yeah. And, um, You've had kids since then. Yeah. 
that's that's another thing. You gr- growing up, having kids, getting married, it <laughs> um, it will definitely force you to grow up some. But yeah. do we though? In because some, I mean, in some ways. I, mean, I still like to play video games and stuff like that, but. Um, well, I believe that's a generational thing. <laughs> I think if our parents would have had video games, they would be still playing them. Probably. I don't know, man. And just the fact that I've been to like, I don't know, five different funerals over the course in the last 10 years doesn't help. And I don't know. It's it's weighing on me, I guess. Just just going back and thinking about it, the people that we've we've lost over time. Well, and that's what's interesting because I brought up, you know, do you think how much do events weigh on you? And like, I, I was just going a broad, more spectrum and you really focused in on just a death, like just the different personalities that me and you are. I was wanting to talk about like events, like me losing my job led to a big part of my depression. When my mom had a brain tumor, mm-hmm. that really led to. I had a, like a psychotic breakdown at work almost every day. Yeah. But you really focused in on the loved ones and losing people. And now that ultimately started this. I mean, just how different people think and how we associate the mental illness aspect, because I believe that's what it truly is, because we're messed up in the head. I mean, that's my words, not anybody else's. I'm a little bit more straightforward with it. But we are messed up in the head. We yeah. connect things differently. And that leads ultimately to not. We have to be sensitive when it comes to things like that. Because like, I mean, I didn't even lose my mom. Didn't come close. She had surgery. She was out of the hospital two weeks later. I was there when they pulled the tube out of her head and saw her like skull swell back up like right in front of me. It's kind of cool. <laughs> but, you know, I that was my darkest place because she's my only blood relative. Right. And she was almost gone. Yeah. But then now she annoys the crap out of me. (laughs) But I mean, that's just in that, the events that plague us that stay in our mind, you know? Yeah. And that's what proves how uniquely special everyone is and how we relate to whether it be events or situations or even somebody with P- PTSD, mm-hmm. how they might hear a sound and they're triggered. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know. Being, <laughs> I, being alone with my thoughts is, I, I guess that's what triggers it. And what's weird is you're a driver. So you, you have spent a lot of time alone. That's true. That's why I try to play a <laughs> podcast or music or something while I'm driving, or if I have someone with me, I try to start a conversation so I don't go overthinking, you know? I mean, have you honestly thought about switching jobs? Even when you worked for the hotel, you were a driver. So you you took people, you would return empty, or you would go get them, be empty. So there was long periods of dead air that you had to fill with something. Yeah. I mean, ha- how has that played in? I mean, obviously, not everybody's going to be able to quit their job and go get something new. And I'm not saying that. Yeah. But just because I know you personally, you say long periods of silence affect you and how you relate to things. But yet your job dictates 
you to be alone so much. It, it does. Um, I got this job because it was familiar. It's what I did at the hotel. It's just closer to home. It pays more. I'm off at night and on the weekends. That's what drew me to it. I'm just a shuttle driver. Just with fancier cars. With fancier cars, yeah. Instead of driving just a shuttle, I, I get to drive all sorts of cars. Vehicles I didn't know I'd ever drive. Like RVs. Driving RVs, dump trucks, cement trucks, stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, I've been on long runs before by myself. I got sent out to Tahlequah one time by myself. I had to take a uh, a loaner vehicle to someone and bring their truck back. And um, that entire time, I just listened to a podcast or an audio book or something. I, I wouldn't have been able to just sit there quiet, just alone by myself, <laughs> have my mind wander all over the place. I would have pulled over and just like had a panic attack, you know? So I think this is definitely different than events. Do you think you're a glutton for repetition? Like, do you find yourself getting into the same cycle? Like you said, you, you took this job because you're familiar with it. Yeah. So now the same thing, you literally said it's the same thing with nicer vehicles. Yeah. But, I mean, do you find yourself going through the circle? Well, okay, a little bit. At the hotel, I mean, we'd have our busy days. I'd be taking people all over town or going to the airport. But there would also be days where there's nothing for hours. That's where I would do all my hard work. Uh, for a whole like year, I would do like a daily drawing because I was at my desk drawing, standing there, greeting people as they walked in. That's all I get to do. I mean, yeah, I'd have other stuff I needed to do, like bring carts down or stock the water or whatever, but that's it. The dealership, I actually have more stuff to do. I have more people to talk to. Uh, I could sweep. I can go help a tech with something. I can do a food run, park a car, help someone else locate a vehicle, and stuff stuff like that. I mean, just I have more to occupy myself at so, the dealership. So by occupied, you mean, and I'm going to hit you hard with this one. Okay. More stupid stuff instead of addressing the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not addressing it. I'm just putting it well i know but that's what i mean you you're putting other stuff in the way yeah because with me i knew my routine i knew i didn't know when the cycle would approach mm -hmm. but i knew the routine and at times it was easier when i knew a depression attack would happen mm -hmm. how to get out of it yeah there were certain things i had to do to get out of it i could tell when it was really bad when i didn't like just say one through five step mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, crap, here we go. Yeah. Two weeks down the hole. But, I mean, you're in a job you found repetitious. Yeah. You knew it. But now you're saying you are you see all this busy stuff. And that's a sign to me of, you know, not addressing the fact. Yeah. I just got more stuff to do <laughs> while I'm thinking about past experiences, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I say it's hard, man. It's hard because 
I want to say that I'm over things that have happened in my life, but and I, I want to forget it and move on and focus on the future. And, and I don't know, the past just keeps coming up and coming up and coming up and it, it just gets to me. And then yeah, the negative around me at work going on and got people talking down to me and pile that on. And then <laughs> walk through the lobby, take a look at the news, more bad news, more people dead, more, more, more shootings and stuff like that. Then you got the, the, the nation is being divided because of politics and religion and opinions and stuff like that. Add that onto it. And you got stupid drivers almost hit me constantly going through, I don't know, Broken Arrow, Tulsa, freaking Walmart parking lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm fine just... because it, this needs to be like therapy because people need to see the real side. And I can tell you're getting anxious. You're grabbing your hat more. You're mm -hmm. shaking your leg more. And I can tell you're nervous. Yeah. But honestly, how much when you're going through it, do you hear somebody else going through the same thing and telling you, I go through the same thing? Whether or not we can help each other right now, I don't think that's a, that's the issue. But it's finding like-minded people. If the goal of this show is to reach out, mm. maybe they know something to help you. Yeah. And that's why I say every week, facebook.com backslash camo arts, reach out, send a message. And it's issues like this. And I hope it comes across how... I'm going to call you out and how difficult I know it is for you to talk to anybody about this because I can, you're not even looking at me, but I can see it across your whole demeanor that it's uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's the whole point of the show to make life. Okay. Maybe not more uncomfortable, but to let people know that there's other people going through it. There's other people that suffer through this. We don't have all the answers. I mean, hell, I turned to beta blockers. I use my diabetes as a solution three, four, five months later after I've been on the beta blockers, I'm finally coming out and I'm showing more emotion and I'm like, I need a higher dosage. Yeah. You on the other hand have taken the whole notion that you want to do without medication. And I applaud you for that, but there's no one right way in this situation. There's no right answer. And it is a mental fight every day to try to overcome this. Right. And it's so much better by doing it together. <laughs> All right. I know we talked about this off here, but I, I know I understand that our podcast has started off negative and I swear it's not going to be like that every time. Uh, I just want to start off with the negative. We started off with fear, anger, uh, apathy, boredom, doubt, Stuff like that. Now we're on sadness and depression and stuff like that. But we will end this series of emotions and stuff like that end with joy. I promise. It's going to get lighter, but we got to go through the dark stuff first to really appreciate the good. But do we, though? Do we have to go through the dark stuff to appreciate the good? I mean, we, we can appreciate the good anytime, but it seems like. The dark stuff is an absolute, it's not going to be like horrible every time, but we, everybody goes through something. There's a guy at work. I'm not going to say his name. 
but it's every day. This guy, I haven't seen depression on this level. I've been there for almost a year, dude. It's a constant, sad every day. I'm like, hey man, how you doing? Not good. Every single day. And I, I, I mean, I, I don't know what's wrong. I try to reach out when I can, though. Like the other day, I'm like, "Hey, man, how you doing?" I'm hungry. I didn't have lunch today. Well, and I know why, because I'm partially to blame for that—that that he didn't have lunch. It—it's not my fault, I guess. You're not directly responsible. Exactly. I—I I was told we had people waiting who wanted to wait on their vehicles to be serviced and i would have to go up and tell him hey hey man you got another waiter i gave him like three or four waiters that day and that was part of the reason why i, I guess that he didn't have lunch but i wanted to make it up to him some way so after he told me he didn't have lunch i went over to the snack machine i got him a bag of chips and a bag of peanuts i'm like hey man i i don't know what you like but i went ahead and got these for you he goes really i'm like yeah Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. And just for a brief second, I brought just a tad bit of light to this guy's life. And that helps me, you know. It helps me when I help people. When you do good in the world. Yes. I don't know if I can help this guy completely. I want to invite him out to Panera. Um, I When I do talk to him, I, I can't get a whole lot out of him. Um, but from what I've heard, he's not. he hasn't always been like that so something had to have happened but i don't want to pry and you know bug him and stuff like that but i don't want to like overstep my over like step over a line or whatever but i'll talk to him a conversation with him i'll sweep up his area his his stall every now and then just just reach out a little bit at a time see that goes back to one of my favorite little kids movies ever i like to bring up lorax oh yeah because of one word, unless. Unless. Unless somebody cares enough to make an action, nothing's ever going to change. Right. And like you said, and what we've talked about, obviously an event happened. Yeah. That changed this person's life. Mm. Mine, I can go back to two. I think I misquoted. It wasn't when I lost my job. I got depressed then. But when my mom was in the hospital in 2012, that's when... <laughs> that moment snapped mm -hmm. and then i had a run of crappy bosses that have still and all these people and god has used this for moments when i've been able to share the events in my life and what's funny is the boss i had this was before i met, met you yeah her husband was in a car wreck my mom had a brain tumor they thought she had parkinson's come find out it was a tumor she had it removed a year later, her husband was in a car wreck. They found a brain tumor. And because they had money, they were able to fly out to Denver to have the best specialist. And I was able to help them through the entire thing. Mm -hmm. And then they did me dirty, but that's another story. Because the events that took place in my life, they were I was able to help him. Mm -hmm. And so by you just having a little empathy in life, you're able to bring light to a person who's been dark. Yeah. So, I mean, it, 
just sitting here listening to you is funny because I say the same stuff all the time. Yeah. And I don't exactly have anybody around that says the same thing to me. Yeah. But I'm listening to you speak and I'm like, why the hell are you beating yourself up when you're, you have empathy and compassion, but yet you don't see it. <laughs> I mean, I've done the same thing for so many years mm -hmm. and you're going through the same thing. And I get the advantage of saying I'm older, you know, because I am. Yeah. So I get it. But it's funny that we, we do things or have things happen to us and we think we're different and we're not really different at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, we still, we don't think people can look at us and see we're going through hell. Yeah. And also the other thing, we think people can't see us. We're joyful. I mean, some people look at me and think I'm a dick just by looking. Yeah. I had neighbors that we ended up being friends. They're like, yeah, as soon as I saw you, you were mean mug enough. So I never talked to you for like a year. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, Joanna says that I, I go around looking mad all the time. Maybe I do. It's, that's my face. I have an angry face <laughs> whenever I walk around, I guess. I mean, that's, I mean, it's different. I, I, I walk around looking mad at school, but that was in my, I guess, goth phase. I mean, a lot of us look mad. But. but it's interesting because we, I mean, anybody that's going through something emotional does this. I mean, we we walk around feeling a certain way. And it, if somebody doesn't come up to us and say, dude, what's wrong? Right. We feel like nobody cares. Right. If we're walking around happy, like, well, great. Nobody cares because I'm finally happy. Nobody's asking me what's so amazing. Yeah. Just like I went through hell. And there was times this year when people around me never asked my story. Yeah. I mean, I've had an amazing year and all I hear about is how much 2020 sucked. Yeah. I opened a business. God bless me when I was down to $5 in the bank account, like five times, not once, but five times I've gotten checks for $500. Mm -hmm. And because of my stupid attitude, I'm like, well, nobody cares about that. But I mean, we put so much pressure on ourselves and I still, I mean, all I have to say in this moment is like, we feel like we're alone and it's not the case. We have people around us that care. We have people that love us, that care, but maybe because of the way we look, they don't know how to approach us. Yeah, it's hard now because everybody's wearing a mask. I mean, I don't know. I guess it was easier to tell that I was upset when I didn't have a mask on, but now... <laughs> I mean, that, that is kind of, I mean, it, as a society in a whole, it does make sense that social media makes us fake. Mm -hmm. And I don't care if people agree with me or not, but we join Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and we lie to ourselves because we have a friends list. We think we're connected. Right. We think by a post, somebody like, I can't even know name a superstar but like let's just say drake mm -hmm. like posting drake lyrics oh you're in love you're dating somebody no it's a song yeah posting metallica oh you want to die no it's a song right <laughs> i mean it, it's facebook official yeah and it's just funny that now we live in a society that we have to have masks and if you don't have one a you're looked down upon yeah but b 
we can't show that facial side. We can't show expression anymore. Mm. Like eyes can all, I know eyes are, you know, window to the soul, but really it's awkward to stare at somebody in a mask and be like, let me see your eyes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we go, we go every day. We go to work. I'll go into work. I've said this before in earlier episodes that I'll be that annoying guy who's all chipper first thing in the morning, greeting everybody. Hey, man, how you doing today? Good morning. Doing all right? How was your weekend? Stuff like that. I could be going through a lot at the time, but I paint on a face, a smiley face or whatever. Just go around smiling, being chipper, try to let people know I care. <laughs> like, hey, Cam, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing all right. Not too bad. Like, oh, good. And they keep on going. I've actually timed it at jobs I've had. And what's funny is, I mean, I'm just now working for a company over 10 people. Mm. Oh, no, I take it back. Once there was, when this first started, it's probably about 30 employees. Mm -hmm. I would time to see how long it would take for somebody to say hello. Just hello or hi, whatever, to greet me. Like unprovoked? Yeah. Oh, wow. There, it took me about three hours one day. Really? Yes. And my companies have only gotten smaller since then. My record is currently seven hours and 30 minutes. And it was just a company with me and the owner. And this is, this is a height of my depression. And this is the same person that also told me, well, I knew you're depressed, but you could do the job. So I just kind of left you alone. So I'm, but. Golly. Yeah, it, it's pretty impressive. But I don't want to end this on a bad note. Right. Because. Really, I mean, I've said before, I got on beta blockers, and it's not exactly anxiety medicine. Mm -hmm. It is for heart conditions and stuff like that to lower my my pulse rate. Yeah. That way I'm not high blood pressure and all that. And luckily, it helps me with anxiety. And I just, I want to kind of make sure that people know, you don't have to be on drugs. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do this. But you do need to find something that helps you. Yeah. You should not just try to do it alone. You know, hopefully this is helping Camo somehow through this show. I know throwing him into the fire, especially on a topic that probably his mom is going to watch or listen to. Oh, probably. <laughs> but I mean, maybe this is an opening door that somebody needs. This is an opening to start talking about it with certain people, to be a light that shines a path you know yeah and the road is narrow so many people especially now suicide rates are up and that's something also you got to think about i mean when you're we're in a world where you have to wear a mask so that's troubling mm -hmm. you have to be six feet from other people yeah so that's troubling we live in a fake social media media society and that's even worse for me because i'm trying to open up a social media company yeah but all these factors it leads to more severe mental issues. But there is hope. I mean, both of us have ways we're dealing with it. And all I can say is there's hope. And this, I'm not ending the show yet, but just reassurance to reach out to the show, to make sure, use Instant Messenger. What's the Instagram handle again? Instagram handle is uh, reaching out underscore podcast. Okay, so DMs are open there. Facebook.com backslash Camel Arts. And reach out. I mean, there's hotlines. You don't have to go through anything alone. 
I want to turn it over to Camo right now for his words of encouragement to end the show. Well, we're going to end the show um, on a quote, not by me this time, uh, but from a guy who was going through a lot and he's, he, he's very sorely missed. Says, I think the saddest people always try their hardest to make people happy because they know what it's like to feel absolutely worthless and they don't want anyone else to feel like that. That was said by Robin Williams. You wouldn't have known he was so depressed because of the big old smile on his face I've always seen. And from what, I, what I've read in the videos I've seen, he was the nicest guy. He was, he was I guess he was a great guy to his uh, great dad to his kids. And um, in everything that I've read that uh, people have come in contact with him or met him or something, he was the nicest guy. And you wouldn't have known that he was just so depressed. But he was going through a lot toward the end. And um, I don't know. I'm not like that, though. I, I don't have a lot of stuff going on. So what what I really want to say is just th- th- this is helping. The podcast is helping. Able to get all that out. Because <laughs> a lot of that stuff I haven't really told maybe two other people. That's it. That That helps. If you're going through a rough patch, you're going through depression, and you're just feeling lower the dirt, just reach out and talk to somebody or this is my invitation reach out to me and talk we'll get through it together and this has been ra crate and camo you've just listened to reaching out now it's your turn to reach back